This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. There's a lot of disparities between states and regulations of fish consumption and how different states deal with it is very differing. Fishing is popular, not only for recreation, but as a food source. If it is contaminated, they won't allow people to um, fish in that area. But how safe are those fish to eat? Typically harvest the smaller individuals. They usually taste better and they are safer to eat. Knowing what game fish are safe to eat. Our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. Online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. It's part of a Midwestern summer, perhaps close to home on an evening or weekend, perhaps miles away during vacation. Folks drop a line into the water and fish. Sometimes it's just for sport, a way to relax. But often we plan to catch our dinner when casting that line. Precautions need to be taken, though, as Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller explains. And there's some, you know, years back, like in one incident. It's a sunny day in late spring, and Maria Christensen is fishing at Big Woods Lake in Cedar Falls. It is there that Sophia Schillinger, now entering her senior year at Cedar Falls High School, catches up with Christensen. When you fish here, um, do you fish mostly for pleasure or for consumption? It's more for uh, pleasure and relaxing, mm-hmm. just to relax. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever eat your fish? Uh, it depends on what kind of fish that we cut. Yeah. You know, we catch. Christensen says she knows the guidelines for how big the fish she catches need to be. Then Schillinger asks if Christensen knows how many fish she and her family can eat before worrying about contaminants in the fish. Are you worried at all about like the safety of eating fish or like? I do, you know, dep- you know, like some of it are, you know, because they will, you know, if it is contaminated, they won't allow people to um, fish in that area, depending mm-hmm. on, you know. The answer is you know, small pan fish are fine, but you should limit the amount of large predator fish you eat if you are a pregnant woman or a child. Mercury settles in large predator fish tissue. Iowa publicizes guidelines for eating the fish we catch from streams and lakes and issues warnings about edible fish caught at various bodies of water. Fish in some 15 to 20 streams have been checked annually by the State Department of Natural Resources for contaminants. That is to change, though. More on that later. A State Department of Natural Resources survey at the end of 2018 showed that 78% of those responding to the survey, or about four of every five Iowans responding, did not limit their fish consumption. 84% said they consider Iowa's fish to be safe for eating, the survey showed. 28% said they think Iowa's water quality is better than it was 10 years ago. 31% said they thought it was worse. Fish generally are safe to eat, says George Skolton. He's the supervisor for the AIS program and fisheries research section at the Iowa Department of Natural Resources. For species like walleye and largemouth bass, smallmouth bass, and muscalunge, when they get to larger sizes or older ages, they do accumulate enough mercury that they, people should be concerned about. But that um, kind of goes with what most anglers are doing already. They, they typically harvest the smaller individuals. They're, they usually taste better, and they are safer to eat. So, and they also have kind of a conservation ethic, and they want to let the bigger fish go just for other reasons other than mercury, and this will kind of go along with that. So. We like our fish in Iowa. 
The survey in 2018 covered 1,628 anglers. It showed that 80% consume at least some of the fish they harvest, and an estimated 4.6 million meals of Iowa-caught fish consumed the past year. Before we go further, perhaps this is a good time to introduce you to these people. I'm Erin McRae, and I'm a sophomore at Cedar Falls High School. I'm Sabina Martin, and I'm a senior at Cedar Falls High School. I'm Sophia Schillinger, and I'm a junior at Cedar Falls High School. And I'm Taylor Hunt, and I'm a freshman at Pete Junior High. These are student journalists at Cedar Falls High School who spent the first five months of 2019 reporting this story. They are part of the school's award-winning student-produced newspaper, The Tiger Highline. They worked with Iowa Watch on a spring 2019 journalism project that looked into the safety of the fish we eat in Iowa. They've all advanced to the next level of their education now. The project was supported financially and with research data by a program at the University of Northern Iowa called Science in the Media. The project's goal is for Iowa Watch, UNI Communications Studies professor Christopher Martin, and Cedar Falls journalism teacher Brian Winkle to show the high school students how to do in-depth investigative reporting that deals with science. Here's Sophia Schellinger on what the group learned. I think I learned that a lot of people do know um, that fish can, like, it's not always safe to eat, that there's a certain, there's a fine line when it becomes unsafe to eat about considering the amount you're eating. And they all know about the runoff, the chemicals that are in the fish, but they don't know what to do and they don't necessarily want to stop eating the fish. They don't want to stop catching fish because they really enjoy it. Especially of concern to pregnant women and children are mercury and PCBs, industrial byproducts that tend to concentrate in the fatty tissues of many fish. One thing the students learned is that Iowa and its Midwest neighbors differ on how they test waterways and fish tissue. Iowa has tested different rivers and streams among its 15 to 20 where they have tested. South Dakota tested 14 water bodies in 2018, while Nebraska tests 40 to 50 pre-selected streams and publicly owned lakes each year. Illinois tests 40 to 50 streams, rivers, and inland lakes, and four Lake Michigan open water stations each year. Wisconsin, which has a robust fishing economy, collects fish tissue from 50 to 100 sites each year. And Minnesota, where fishing is big business as well, tests fish samples from approximately 130 lakes and river segments each year. As we noted, Iowa is changing how it goes about testing its fish tissue. Confident that small panfish are okay for eating, the state DNR's fisheries research section is shifting to testing just for large predator fish, largemouth bass, for example, or walleyes. Fisheries scientists are in the first year of a three-year study into the best way to do this and to issue fish advisories. Here's George Skulton of the fisheries research section. Over the last 20 years of, of sampling lakes and rivers for mercury, what we've noticed is that when we do have um, mercury issues in a lake or a river, it, it's quite often associated with, with when we selected larger fish from that, that water body for, for analysis. And when we put all this data together, we, we, we could see that there was definitely a trend between fish size and, and mercury levels. So that's kind of what prompted the study. And when we took a harder look at it, that's... Um, what we're seeing, there's definitely a relationship there, and that's something that we're hoping to use to help develop these, these consumption guidelines. 
The people at most risk from fish contaminants are pregnant women and children. Iowa's fish consumption guidelines suggest that people who are pregnant, planning to become pregnant, nursing, or under age 12, limit consumption of predator fish like walleye and bass to one meal per week. The goal we're working towards is to develop easy to follow and comprehensive statewide guidelines to help anglers decide what fish to consume and what fish to harvest to help avoid mercury, fish that have mercury, high levels of mercury. And you'll be doing that by focusing, you had mentioned, on the fish themselves, the large predator fish rather than the smaller fish, correct? Right. Uh, that's what we hope most anglers will, will gain from this is just an, an appreciation for um, which species they should avoid and which species they can eat without concern for mercury. Um, what we see are panfish species, which most, most anglers are already harvesting for consumption, bluegill, crappie, and yellow perch. We see very little mercury in these species, so they don't, anglers don't really need to be concerned about mercury consumption from these fish, even in those lakes that we currently have advisory from. Although the Natural Resources Departments at Iowa and its neighboring states publish guidelines, these are only recommendations. The Iowa DNR lists fishing advisories on its website, but you have to go looking for them. Maria Christensen was aware of that as she set out to catch some food when Sophia Schillinger caught up with her. Do you find the information um, about guidelines, like, do you, is it easy to access? Do you think well, in Iowa? Well, I know, you know, you go to a website and there's some pamphlets that are like, you can go to a website online, find out. But I, you know, I've, we've been fishing for, you know, years though. And we kind of know, you know, what to fish and what to catch and, you know, what kind of fish that we eat. And I'm joined now by the executive director and editor of Iowa Watch, Lyle Muller. This project is an ongoing relationship with Cedar Falls High students that dates back to... The fourth one that we've done with the Cedar Falls High School students, and we've gone full circle now. Some of those who were working on the first one are getting ready to graduate from college here. We came upon the idea because the Cedar Falls High School Tiger High Line gets a lot of high marks for the journalism that it does. It publishes weekly, a high school newspaper publishing weekly. That's remarkable. We've worked with the Science in the Media Project, which is out of the University of Northern Iowa to do these kinds of projects the last three years. And Christopher Martin, who is a professor of communication studies and digital journalism there, has worked with me on this as well. So what happened was the last few months – I would say that from January until the end of May, Christopher Martin and I would go to classes at Cedar Falls High School, the journalism classes, and walk the students through this story because part of the learning thing for them is the depth that you have to go to to learn the truth. You might hear something on the surface, but it needs investigation. You need to vet the information, especially if you're going to tell it to somebody else, which they eventually do. So the students spent from the end of January through the end of May working on this story right up to the last minute before we could publish it. And what's interesting is the dynamic at play. They not only are doing in-depth reporting, but they're doing group reporting. They are seeing how different collaborative strategies allow for a deeper dive, if you will, into the information. And, and that is something that, again, is next level for most students at this, at this point in their careers. 
it's a total learning experience for them. They get to deepen their learning, go and drive into not just the research skills that they need to develop, but also the writing skills. And then finally, working as a group. So in the group this year, we had seniors, juniors, sophomore, freshmen. You had all of these students working together, and each one took a role. The students themselves decided how to parcel out, how to do the interviews, because in this report, we've talked not just with Iowans, but we've talked with people from all of the states adjacent to Iowa. So a lot of coordination had to work, and they were able to accomplish it. Let me ask you finally, what's the most gratifying thing for you? You have had a career where you have mentored young professionals, you have taught college students, and now four years' worth of this project with high school students. One, I would say, would be that these high school students have the depth to do this and do something that has impact on Iowa. We can't marginalize these students. They have skills and they have something to bring to the table. But the other thing is the growth that I see in them. They can take the skills that they've had here of doing research, interviewing people, talking to strangers, writing about it, working in a group, and they can take that into any profession as well as journalism. Lyle Muller, thanks. When we come back, Lyle will speak with a quartet of high school students who conducted the reporting project. That's next, when the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. In our previous segment, four Cedar Falls High School students who reported on this story introduced themselves to you. Aaron McRae, Taylor Hunt, Sophia Schillinger, and Sabina Martin, who responds first to a question posed by Iowa Watch Executive Director and Editor Lyle Muller about the experience. Tell us what you learned in this investigation that you did about the fish that we're eating. I think that we learned a lot about a topic that we weren't informed about before we started this story. I think we learned that there's a lot of disparities between states and regulations of fish consumption and how different states deal with it is very differing. So I think that was really interesting to dive into and to talk to different states about what kind of regulations or guidelines they have and why they have those in place. So that was really interesting. Um, I think I learned that a lot of people do know um, that fish 
can like there it's not always safe to eat that there's a certain there's a fine line when it becomes unsafe to eat about considering the amount you're eating and they all know about the runoff the chemicals that are in the fish but they don't know what to do and they don't necessarily want to stop eating the fish they don't want to stop catching fish because they really enjoy it so they're just like i don't know how to change so i'm just going to keep doing what i'm going to do how did you go about doing this story uh, first, uh, we broke up into teams that were going to cover different parts of the story, but then it kind of just became a collective team, and we decided to first make a graph to get all of our data down. So we made a large chart with different questions, and we had all the states surrounding Iowa, and we recorded all of that data that we collected from interviews and just from their websites and other resources. And I think that was really important for us to write the story because having all the data first to really analyze it and learn about it and educate ourselves first was important. Did you run into difficulties? Yeah, definitely. It was so hard to get in touch with the DNR and the Department of Health because a lot of their answers would be um, like, oh, I'm not the right person, here's another number. Oh, I'm not the right person, here's another number, and then you'd be going back to that other person. But like, once I got in touch with the someone from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, they were very useful. Let's have everyone go around the horn and talk about what your part was in the project. I mostly focused on the Iowa DNR. One of the main difficulties I ran into when I was talking to them is just their website. It's informative, but in order to find information, it leads you to like different links, and then from there, it's another website. So trying to find the right person to contact and then trying to find information for your questions was a little bit difficult. I did a lot of uh, the lead interview, which was with the professor who was at a fish trout release in Cedar Falls. And I that was really important because it got one of the main anecdotal parts of the story. Um, I also did research on states like Nebraska and South Dakota and Missouri and called up the, D the DNRs, and I also called um, Greg Mickle from Nebraska, who was really informative, and he wrote this really important report that was one major breakthrough with our story, saying that states have disparities, and this is why, and that was, I think, a breakthrough. I started off the um, story by using my connections. I have some family friends who are fishermen, and so I didn't think at first, I didn't think those interviews were going to be important, but they turned out to be affirming some of the research that we found. And I also um, interviewed Patricia McCann from the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources and got some good quotes from her saying how they look for different audiences. And then I looked at the other guideline reports on other states and found out, oh, some states are saying on their guidelines that they have copies in Braille and in other languages. So I started digging into that and found out that other states are looking are heading towards different audiences too. Uh, and in the beginning I did my own research and made my own chart that I used to help fill in the chart that we did together later on. And Taylor you're in ninth grade? Yeah. Did you find yourself amazed that you were in a project like this at such an early age in your uh, journalism career? Uh, yeah it was pretty crazy because it was kind of harder since I had a take more time out of like the school day at a different school to try and get like the interviews done. As student journalists, did you learn any lessons 
I think what mostly that I learned is just persevering and trying to like when you're looking for people to interview and you're calling different people around the state I think it's a really valuable skill to be able to say I need this piece of information this is who I can contact about it if I can't talk to them then these are the people I can call then and I think that's something that I'll definitely use in the future when I'm trying to find information and feeling comfortable just calling people. What are your hopes for the story? What do you hope people get out of it when they read it? I hope people realize, because fish is promoted so much, that it's a good thing to eat. And it, it is a good thing to eat, but I think that there's also things that need to be said about it. And I think that once it's in fine print, people will understand that there are very harmful chemicals in fish that could be eaten if you don't follow the guidelines that are given, but the guidelines aren't implemented enough. Yeah, I kind of piggyback off of Sabina. I hope that maybe this changes some policies at sporting goods stores or maybe around lakes that people, that they don't just have the information available, that they actually push it and get um, realize that this is a more interesting to- or important topic than they thought. Now, all of you spent a semester doing this. Actually, was it more than one semester? We started in January and went through May. That's a long time and you also did studies. Was it fun? I think it was fun. There's always the part of the project where it's like finals and you're dreading, you know that you have this story to write and you also have to study for school and you also have a cross country meet and you also have all this stuff. But I think that in the end, there's so much payoff. And um, this is my third Iowa Watch story. And I really think that like, it's just benefited me so much as a young journalist. And I think that many people who've worked with this Iowa Watch in general, can say that I every year like when I'm in it sometimes I'm like oh can this be done this is like this is so much work but then every year I I was just thinking like this is my fa- my favorite story to write because I learned the most about the topic and because we're digging so far into the story than I do than just the weekly stories we write that I you know are not below the surface Aaron McRae Taylor Hunt Sophia Schillinger and Sabina Martin for Cedar Falls High School students who reported on the safety of game fish as part of a Cedar Falls Tiger Highline Iowa Watch investigation. They spoke with Iowa Watch's Lyle Muller. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can connect with us online, iowawatch.org. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.